0: Hi, I'm Dom Bettinelli, and you're listening to The Secrets of Technology, where we discuss the, techno- the technology news that's important to you from a uniquely Catholic point of view. That's easy for me to say. Joining me today on the panel are Pat Scott. Hi, Pat. Greetings and salutations. And Father Corey Stika. Hi, Father Corey. Howdy, Dom. Before we get started, I want to let everyone know about a show on the StarQuest Network that you're sure to enjoy. And there's a reason I'm mentioning it today, because it's The Secrets of Stargate, which our our father, Corey, is also part of that panel. And if you've ever uh, watched one of the best sci-fi shows of the 90s uh, in early 2000s, it was Stargate, Uh, Stargate SG-1, Stargate Atlantis, Stargate universe for a little universe. while <laughs> yep. uh, and uh, what a great program and it's such a great podcast about this this wonderful show and i i listen whenever i listen to it i listen to it every week of course and it's so much fun you guys have a blast and uh, i just oh, was uh, listening to the episode that's coming out this friday called holiday and oh my gosh it was funny i was laughing so much at you guys uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's
1: one we had fun with.
0: <laughs> yep. So uh, check it out. It's wherever you can find, find podcasts, The Secrets of Stargate, or at sqpn.com slash Stargate. Before we get started, we had a little bit of feedback from our recent episode last week on our favorite video games, uh, where uh, so Father Joseph and Victor, who all, is also on The Secrets of Stargate, uh, all discussed uh, some of our favorite video games, and Scott Shields wrote in, Uh, with an email, he said, my favorite arcade game is Crystal Castles. For DOS games, my favorite was DuckTales, the Quest for Gold. And I also liked most of the Mario Kart games. For PS3, there was this game called Split Second that I really really liked. And for Atari 2600, I like Pitfall and Basketball. Basketball for the Atari is really simple, but it's really fun to play against. And then uh, when we were talking about uh, Microsoft Flight Simulator uh, and... Mm -hmm. The default airfield that starts with, uh, he says, with regards to what happened to MIGS Field in Chicago, it's uh, the runways were basically secretly destroyed overnight without any warning. And Actually, I remember like, that now that he mentioned. Yeah, I was
1: uh, they, the the uh, the city The mayor of Chicago wanted the, the the airport removed because it was right on right on Lake Michigan, right by downtown, which made it convenient for like uh, commuters and uh, executives and stuff like that. So one night he ordered his city crew to go out and just drag bulldozers, yeah, wow. down the down the 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 uh, big X's down the runway, just completely destroyed it.
0: Right. He wanted the real estate to 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 re, to build on. Right. I think
1: no, it was turned into a, a park, city park. Oh, right. So it's like, almost like an island that's you know yeah. with a little causeway, right? That's, that's... just off the coast, and uh, yeah, they turned it into a city park now.
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah. So. uh Oh, we I didn't get a chance to ask you guys what's what do you have favorite video games that you remember? That, oh, uh, lots what of what are your favorites? You want of to go, time? Pat? Well I I'm not as much of a gamer, so
2: my list is really short. Mist was always one of my favorite games. And Zork, its predecessor, you know, uh, the old Zork games on, on the Apple II were just you marvelous. You could you could build worlds inside your head from the little descriptions, you know?
1: Yep, yep, yep. The old text-based role-playing games and yeah. Yeah, adventure games, and
2: and then one of the uh, the other ones was something that I have wished would come back. It was called Loom, L-O-O-M, huh. and it was a music-based game. Basically, that you had to, to find the notes that were missing in something, and it was an adventure game, but you used musical tones in the game to advance and it was just it was really interesting oh, so, interesting so, wow sorry about that
1: oh, no that's awesome yeah I, I remember hearing about loom but i never never played it yeah i uh i had lots of games i love you know things i grew up with mm-hmm. I, I would say you know if i had to pick one arcade game that is my favorite it is ms pac-man <laughs> that is that is the one game that if I see it, like you happen to be at a uh, a bar or a bowling alley or somewhere where they've got some old arcade games. If I see a miss Pac-Man Machine, I'm plunking a quarter in. It's just wow. it's that simple. Yeah. I just it's I mean it's it's simple, you know, but it's it's so much fun. It's still a challenge after all these years. Um but there's so many of those old arcade games, you know. I grew up with playing in the arcades, grew up with Nintendo's and Commodore 64. Um I will say my to this day, my favorite games in the Commodore series, Commodore 64, the Ultima series, which was also available for oh, yeah. IBMs and Apples and so on. They were on everything, but Commodore was one of the first to get those games. And so I, I played Ultima 4, Quest for the Avatar, over Ooh. and over and over. So much fun. Just those old role playing type games. Yep. Final Fantasy for Nintendo. I could go on and on. I mean, there's so many games <laughs> that I, I just love. Doom. We, we yeah. played Doom oh, in, in high school. You,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: It was just coming out when I was in high school, and the school got brand new uh, 486s, top of the line 486s, Windows three one, four megs of RAM. This thing was; these were Scream. pretty hot for the day.
0: <laughs> and
1: they would run Doom perfectly, and they were in the math room, so we'd finish up our math homework. Can we go use the computers now?
0: <laughs> <laughs> that sounds go like play my four house. Player Doom.
1: <laughs> That's my house. We have
0: to homeschools done. Kids go to; they get it done quick so they can get the iPads. Um, I mentioned last week, and I' reiterate there's a great uh, uh series uh you know short documentary series on Netflix about the early days of video games uh and mm. just some of the great ones that uh, I recommend people check out if you if you at all have nostalgia for that time it it was it was really good, but I haven't been able to find it because I can't remember what it's called it's like uh, mm. I, I suppose like I could Google up, uh, you know, Netflix video game documentary, and you would probably you'd find it.
1: I've I probably seen because there was a, a documentary that came out a few years ago about all the old classic video games. So yeah, yeah. Um, and, and, and by the way, if you're if you're up for old classic arcades, of course, wreck Ralph* is such an homage to the old old arcades.
0: Oh yeah, well, such yeah. a
1: great movie, such a great homage to them.
0: By the way, the uh, this the the show is called *High Score*. That's what it was. Yep.
1: There you go. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, excellent. But
2: well, Justin as aside uh, they're beginning to bring out some retro-looking games on the Quest that people mm-hmm. are really having fun with. I was playing one called Cartridge 81. This and it's <laughs> it's it's, it's kind of like these these 8-bit graphics. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, and it's,
0: wow, oh, and in its VR. Fun. Yeah,
2: yeah, in VR. And you're oh, sitting in cool. a place that kind of looks like one of these grids from Tron and stuff like that oh. and these things flying around and you're blasting them and, and it's fun. It really is. Cool. It
0: would be, you know, it'd be awesome if, if you could do the, uh, the light cycle in uh, VR.
2: People have asked for that when they haven't, don't have it yet, mm. but yeah, that would, they have to contract with Disney, I guess. To get I was going to say, done. you got
1: to be very careful how you do it, do, doing the, the, the ray tracing games. That's not such a big deal, but right. you know, making it a light cycle at that, that point the, the mouse's lawyers tends to wake up.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh man. There's so many opportunities for, for interesting, cool VR games out there that they could really do something with it. Uh, yeah. Just, oh man. All right, so th- thank you Scott for uh, taking us back to that topic and let us know what the uh, some of your favorites were. We again, like I said last week, we'd love to hear from you. What what are your favorite video games? What do, what are your best memories of video games? What do you love to play now? So we'd love to hear from you. But uh, let's move on to our topic for tonight, which is uh we got an email from listener Jeremy who said, "I have to use Dropbox for large file sharing at my current job. But is Dropbox the best option out there? What about Microsoft OneDrive or Google Drive or any other option?" What's my best option for personal cloud storage? Well, thank you, Jeremy, for the question. And yeah, I uh I decided that uh, maybe we could approach this from that point: is personal cloud storage. There's lots of options for businesses, but what does what does someone do if they want to have something that they could use at home or with their family and that sort of thing? And so uh, I thought we'd bring up, you know, what we use and what has worked for us. Uh, and so I'll start with with you both, uh, Pat. What do you use for Personal cloud storage uh all of them no <laughs> I <gonna> uh, <laughs> basically,
2: I like Dropbox and the way it works the best, mm-hmm. but it's mm-hmm. also the most expensive, so for myself, I use it, and I even tried to go away from it for a while, and I finally came back mm. and I'm spending the money, yeah, uh mm. as far as my clients. It depends upon what ecosystem they're in. If they're in the Apple system, iCloud storage makes a great, great place to do a lot mm-hmm. of your your storage and some backups type thing. And then for people who are on the Windows side, OneDrive has gotten really much better. Mm-hmm. But there are things that I don't quite like about it as much from past experience. So I'm beginning to, you know, let people do things like their documents and desktop in the cloud, but it, it didn't handle versions as well as Dropbox did. Mm. And then for those people who use Google, you know, that's a great sp- place to start for, f- yeah. for free. And it, I like Google Drive. The only thing I don't like is that it kind of forces a lot of people into using Google Docs that they are not really interested in. Okay. Because mm. it, it wants to convert everything to, to Google Docs. But uh, that's the three basic ones I use.
0: How about you, Father Corey? What is it that uh, you use for personal cloud storage?
1: Well, and for me, uh, cross-platform. If you if you've heard me on here before, I'm big into the cross-platform because I use Windows, I use Mac, I use Android, I have you know an iPad. You know, cross-platform is huge for me. So, uh, Dropbox, of course, that's that's my primary one. That everything gets thrown on Dropbox unless it's a document or something like that. Uh, then it does go into Google. I use Google Docs a lot. You know, again, Google Drive, Google Docs, I use those constantly. I write my homilies in Google Doc because then I can just grab my iPad and download it and, you know, save it local and go. You know, so those are the, the two primary that I use are Dropbox and Google. I do have OneDrive. Um, and I will say, since since mentioned uh, cross-platform, if that is a concern for you, iCloud is cross-platform-ish. Mm-hmm. It does have cross platform. You do have they do have an iCloud app for Windows so you can use iCloud in Windows. But it's not in Android. To use it in Android, you have to use the iCloud.com website.
2: Really? Right. I didn't realize that. They do that.
1: not have an Android app. Apple did not create that. Mm. Uh they've only got four uh Apple only has four apps for Android and one of them is Here's how to transfer over to iOS. <laughs> <laughs> yes, not a shock. Not a shock. Um so, I mean, again, it can be used on Android, but you have to use the web front end instead of an actual app on the phone like it is with OneDrive, with Google, with Dropbox.
0: So I've been a Dropbox user for more than a decade, probably a dozen years or more. Like I, for, I was an early on Dropbox adopter and mm. Dropbox is my documents folder. That's where all my stuff lives first and foremost. Uh, and not because I, I use that as backup, but because it makes syncing easy, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm old enough to remember the days when having two different computers was a huge pain because you had to make sure you make your <laughs> files were up to date on every everywhere. Whereas Dropbox, if it's in Dropbox, it's everywhere. And if I get a new computer, if this computer, God forbid, were to die tomorrow, right, I'd go out and get a new one and be up and running within a day because it would just everything would mm-hmm. be there. So uh, I've always loved Dropbox, and I love the ability to just click on a file, right? I can right click on a file or control click and get a link and share that, give that link to somebody. And now I've shared that file with them or I could share a folder and we could, we could, you just, we do this with uh, our podcast, Father Corey and I share a folder. He drops his file in it at the end of the recording and it's there for me or, you know, Pat does the same thing. So that's really great. There is a, a sort of versioning, like Pat mentioned, where if, uh, you accidentally or someone, someone in the group deletes a file, you can get it, mm-hmm. you can go onto their website and get it back. Um, you can do selective syncing, which I really like, where I share a folder like with Jimmy Akin from Mysterious World, and his research is gigabytes and gigabytes of research. And it would take <laughs> up half my drive if I if I didn't say, don't sync everything, just let me choose what things I want to reside locally. Um, so... I really love Dropbox and its utility. A couple of downsides, I think, Pat, you mentioned is the, the cost. So there's a free tier. You get two gigs and it can ha- only it just, use it on three devices. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, it's
2: very stringent that way. Yeah.
0: Yes. And that three device limit is relatively new. Um, and two gigabytes is pretty stingy for for the l- free tier. Other mm-hmm. services give you more. Um I think even Apple iCloud gives you more than that. Uh, yeah,
1: iCloud gives you five. Google gives you 15 for free.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, now, the plus uh, level of Dropbox is 10 bucks a month for two terabytes, and that gives you unlimited devices. So mm-hmm. it, it ramps up pretty quick. Now, there's a family version, which I haven't really looked at yet because I don't need it yet, but I may as the kids get older and their needs become a little more advanced. But that's $17 a month for up to six users. And that's a concern for me is is the family definitions in a lot of this technology. And that might be (laughs) another discussion because there's a lot of Catholic families with more than six, five or six people. I've run into this limit when it comes to like uh, iCloud family sharing. It's a problem. There's seven of us, and uh, it, it has mm-hmm. become a problem for us. So, again, with the uh, family plan you get in Dropbox, you get two terabytes. The same two terabytes, you still get unlimited devices, up to six users. Uh, so that, so Dropbox, I, I feel like, is a good all-around uh, uh, option for most people. I think it's the, probably the one that, while more expensive, is the most general uh, recommendation I have. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, they are updating their apps. Their apps have not been great lately. They've been kind of resource intensive, at least on the Mac side, but they have a new, uh, apparently I saw there's a beta for an Apple Silicon native version of Dropbox app, which would be, which would be good.
2: I guess it depends upon, you know, I, I see so many clients that -hmm. for whom they don't have a lot of storage needs. So, mm-hmm. uh, for for cost things, you know, I drive. I mean, um, Apple's iCloud may be fine, or Google's Drive may be fine. Um, If they're also really concerned about backing up lots of pictures and stuff, then that also influences what I use. Mm -hmm, There's mm -hmm. another one called iDrive that is really excellent for doing backups. And you can have basically one plan that you have all your machines on and it shares that one set of space and the cost is Pretty low, mm-hmm. considering, and it has a sync type uh, interface so that you could have it just like Dropbox. Throw things in there, get to them from anywhere. It's cross-platform, Mac and OS. Uh, uh, pardon me, Mac and Windows. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. And
2: uh, there's a a, a mobile uh, component as well that you can go get files from there, et cetera. So it just depends upon what my clients are using it for, which one I will recommend. Because right. for many of my st- my seniors, one hundred twenty bucks a year is not something they really want to look at.
0: Right, right, mm. and that's why I say it, Dropbox is probably the the best general because it has the most features, but it's more right. expensive. Yeah, um, right. There are there are other ones that might fit better. If you're a Microsoft person, if you if you are an Office user, you want to be in Office. You know, mm-hmm. if you if you if you buy micro, you're subscribed to Microsoft 365 for your uh, Microsoft Office. You get OneDrive with it, like the five gigs. Yep. So right, you in in for a uh, hundred, you get a family plan for uh, for Microsoft 365, which includes the whole Office suite mm-hmm. plus a terabyte uh, of storage per person, up to six people for a hundred bucks a year for the family plan. That's a pretty yeah. good deal, right there. Yes, um, I don't yep. find their Drive to be as easy to use as Dropbox. Like if I'm if I'm storing a Windows doc or an Excel spreadsheet in in OneDrive, that's it, it's nice and easy. But I just have never found it to be as simple to use as Dropbox, which just looks like a folder on my desk.
2: Well, with OneDrive, it looks like a folder on yeah. the PC. I mean, it's just another folder, yeah. just like Dropbox, just like Google Drive. Uh, you don't you don't have okay. the overhead of uploading, downloading all that bit.
1: Yeah, Mac Mac can do it with the OneDrive app where it's just a folder as well.
0: Oh, okay. I guess I didn't set it up uh, that way on the on the Mac app. Okay, good. Well, then that would be that that makes some sense too. Then, um, so yeah, all
1: all these all these do that. OneDrive does that. Google Drive does that. Right. Dropbox does that. Where it's just you you save to the Google folder. You save to the OneDrive folder.
0: Did Google not change something about that recently?
1: They they they, they, they re-
0: a,
2: replaced their product with a uh, Google Drive app instead of the Google Backup and Sync.
1: Yes. And so everybody
2: had to convert and I I lost a few people on that that I had to come over and help them. Okay. But they,
1: but yeah it's it's a much better app. It it, it okay. greatly improved the app from what they had before. It was the the old Google app was terrible. So yeah.
2: I do want to make one caveat for all of these services that if you have something like a database or you have something like you're using Outlook and you've got the a local storage file or you've got mm-hmm. quickbooks or you've got quicken do not put your data in the, the cloud storage because right. it will try to synchronize pieces of it at a time and corrupt it or at least it always has had that risk yeah. right so i always make sure that if you're something like that i put it on the local drive and then make it let it dump its backup into the exactly. cloud storage
0: some some programs are designed to be able to live in in cloud storage, so it, right. It's, so keep an eye on that. Yeah, I think it's gotten better. I think a lot of these uh cloud storage uh, applications have gotten smarter about about partially updating the files. But yeah, it's something to be aware of and to be and to be concerned with with especially in very important data like your finances and stuff like that. So yeah, mm-hmm.
1: be careful. Well, one password when it first came out I don't know if it still does but it basically lived on Dropbox.
2: Yes, you could you, you could either have files. it live in uh, uh, on your own machine or you could you could specify Dropbox and it handled it very well.
0: Yeah, they're yeah. moving it was a small. They're moving to their own cloud storage and they're deprecating the Dropbox storage but it's still there for now. Yeah. And there are others like that too where they store in Dropbox. And uh yeah, and then you have uh, uh, so Microsoft OneDrive. Uh, there's also like we mentioned the Google, which Google has recently changed it because Google is constantly it, Google's like George Lucas. It's just constantly fiddling with things. <laughs> Tinker, <laughs> yeah, stop fiddling with things and just leave it alone. Anyway, they changed Google Drive storage plan to Google One. So if the free 15 gigabytes, uh, you can get free 15 gigabytes of storage. That's still called Google Drive, but everything up from that is called Google One, and it's storage and plus access to some things like Google Photos and you know back, uh, mm-hmm. Google Photos backup and that sort of thing. But that starts at twenty bucks a year for a hundred gigabytes. Uh, at thirty bucks a year, you get two hundred gigabytes. For premium, uh, two terabytes, it's ten bucks a month. So it's similar, it's scalable.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's mm-hmm.
0: it it's similar. Once you get beyond a hundred and two hundred gigabytes, it's similar in cost to, to Dropbox. So you, you're not getting uh, much there. But you do get things like automatic Google Photos backup. You can even, if you have an iPhone, mm-hmm. like if you have iOS, you can have the Google Photos app auto backing up all of your iCloud photos, so that you're not you don't have all so your eggs in one basket. Places. Yes, that's yeah. what yep. I do. Yeah, me yeah. Too. And that's
1: and and for those who have Pixel phones, like I do, Google Pixel phones, you get this as part of the yeah, part much, of the deal where it backs. How much do you get with your phone?
0: I'm sorry, your Pixel phone?
1: Um, I. You know, I I think I'm still on the free tier, but as far as, but the difference was, and I think, actually, I think this just changed now. No, for the first year after getting the Pixel phone, you get unlimited photo storage.
0: Okay.
2: Yeah. They changed that for everybody else. It's no longer the the high quality photos that are being stored unless you're paying on a, you know, you, you, you're paying for that.
1: And the, the, for the Pixel phone users, it doesn't count against your data. So I've got a bunch of photos on Google photos and I've only got the 15 gigabyte plan. Right. But it doesn't count against my 15 gigabytes, right? Yeah, actually, so that's well, something new.
0: The thing that changed with Google is um, that your photos didn't used to count against your 15 yeah, gigabytes. That, right. That's what I meant. sorry about that. And now they do, and that's why I I recently upgraded because I I do like to have I got the 100 gigabyte plan. I think.
1: And and the re- the reason why Google went to the Google One program is they're competing against Microsoft. They're competing against Apple. Yeah. You know? You've got all these packages, you know, Apple, you've got uh, all the stuff they combine with iCloud. You've got, of course, Microsoft OneDrive with Office. They want to compete with that. And that's why they made it all one package instead of separate right. things.
2: Well, and the other thing is, is if you have Google Fiverr, you get a terabyte with your plan
0: Ooh, of wow. cool.
2: Google storage. And one more comment is that a lot of people have a free Gmail, which gives them that 15 gigabytes mm-hmm. free that mm-hmm. that shares your mail with everything else. Uh, If you do have a Google One storage plan, uh, you get tech support for your Gmail, which that's one problem that a lot of people have with a free <laughs> email system. They don't have tech support if they get locked out or they've got a problem or whatever. But if you've got Google One storage, you got support. And my brother-in-law uh, actually had problems that he had somehow – He was changing his password, the dual authentication kicked in and something went wrong and he no longer had the backup codes because Mm. they changed some in this during this moment. He was generating new backup codes and they got lost. So oh boy. for about two weeks, he thought he'd lost everything in his Google stuff. But uh. he went and looked after I told him and he had Google one storage that he had mm-hmm. bought some extra storage. So he was able to call them up and get them to reload everything and unlock his account and let him back in.
1: That's great. That, that that's good to know because a lot of these companies, that's a concern. You know, what happens if you have a problem with your Dropbox? What happens? You know, who are you who are you going to contact at Microsoft or Google or even Apple? I mean, a- Apple right. tech support is better than most, but that doesn't mean that they're going to get you into your right your Apple Drive, right.
0: right? Right. But it's good that that they're giving that tech support because there used to be no other way to get support
2: early on in Google when I had a problem with them. Uh, I was able to get to a place on a website that let me put in a request for a phone call, and I had to secure it with a credit card, but they never charged me. I see. Mm. But they did that, and then they called me back, and we resolved the problem. But uh, I don't even mind if they would do something like that for these a lot of these companies, but there is no support, typically, yeah. on most of these things.
0: So the other big one that I haven't mentioned yet is uh, iCloud, well, we've We've I mentioned what happened, uh didn't dive into it, but uh, iCloud, iCloud Plus. Mm-hmm. So you, you get five gigabytes free. You can just sign up and get five gigabytes of storage free. Uh, you can, for a dollar a month, you get 50 gigs. For $3 a month, you get 200 gigs. And for $10 a month, you can get two terabytes. There are also ways to get more storage above that, but that's a little more esoteric. Uh, it's, and it's not, it, uh, it didn't look simple to me. You can share Ooh. that space with up to five other family members. You get things like iCloud Photo Library to to store all your photos. And then if you get uh, an Apple One plan, you get that storage, plus you get access to other services like Apple Music and Apple TV Plus and Arcade and that sort of thing. So for $15 a month, you can get all that stuff, plus 50 gig- gigabytes of storage so on and so forth. The family plan, you get 200 gigabytes uh, and the premiere is 30 bucks a month, but you get music, TV plus arcade, iCloud with two terabytes, news plus fitness plus. So uh, (laughs) they're really trying to push you to getting the whole enchilada, you know, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, But so if you're, if you are all in on the Apple ecosystem, this may be the the one you want to get. If you're, you know, if you you don't, like you said, father, there are, there's a uh, Windows iCloud, uh, you know, uh, app, but really, you th- if you are an Apple person, this is the uh, this is the, the one thing you would consider. I get it right. because I we have a very large iPhoto library and wanted to be able to store my things in it. Plus, I want Apple Music and stuff like that, so I got the 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 uh, the Apple One plan.
1: So I I had to laugh at my my dad. Um, he's not going to listen to this, so I, I can tell this story on him, but. Um, <laughs>
2: I'm gonna tell. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly.
1: So my my mom had an old was it the five se or whatever the lime green plastic one, mm-hmm. and AT and T said, okay, this thing's too old. We're we're sending you a new one, and they send him a new you know XR, you know ten R, and he's like, okay. Dad had broken his phone. Mom wasn't using hers, so it's like, well, why don't we put yours on? Make yours the new phone, and he was amazed once I got it up and running, and they got their you know their their shared uh, uh, Apple ID punched in and everything, and. All his apps were there. All his pictures were there. It's like, yeah, that's what iCloud is for. Yeah, right. It, I mean, it was within a half an hour, as as you guys know, mm-hmm. within a half an hour, the phone is up and running. But he just was amazed. was like, yeah, that's, that's how they're designed to do that now. I can do that with my phone through Google as well. You know, it's the same right. deal.
0: It, that is that is one of the awesome things is that it backing up your phone to the cloud uh, so that your data and your apps are there. Um you know, you can switch to a new phone really easily. Uh, so the uh, iCloud Drive is built into the operating system. So if you have a Mac, mm-hmm. you can go to an iCloud Drive folder. You can control click or right click on a file and share file and get a link, just like you can with Dropbox and some of the others. So you can share files that way. Um, you, can, I think you can share a folder, but it's not nearly as easy. It's not quite the same. I I. I it's it's you have to create a shared folder, I think. And mm-hmm. I've never done it because I just don't need to because
1: um, I do it with Dropbox. Yeah. Dropbox and Google do it so much easier, so much now, easier. Now, when,
2: when you share a file, did the other person have to have an Apple account of any sort?
0: No, or do... it will take them to a web browser if they don't have a okay, uh, right. drive, that sort of thing. So, yeah, it will share it through a browser. Um, so. Yeah. And you you can share it through, directly through iMessage. Like it will share it through the apps if they're a Mac user or uh, iOS mm-hmm. user. Uh, so there's some nice features there. You know, I mean, I'm a Mac user, I you know, I'm an Apple guy, so I have all these, you know, I have it. So it's there, it's used right. for certain things. But again, my primary place that I use is, is Dropbox just because I've used it for so long and it just is, it's easy. And, uh, yeah, it
2: and it's cross-platform. You don't care have to care about you know yep. somebody not right. being able to get to the stuff, et cetera.
0: Exactly. And at two, at two ten bucks for two terabytes, it's the same as ten as two terabytes on uh, in Dropbox. So it's not.
1: Yeah, that's the 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 two terabyte level by and large is pretty much the same all the way across the board.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. Pretty Which close. That, that, know, that sp- the the
2: early on ones is there's, there's a big difference in price. Yep. Yeah. Right.
1: Right. And you know that's kind of interesting that that you know some of these these storage. Or more than most people have in their computers, more than their hard drives or their SSDs. Right. You know, oh, yeah. how many people actually have two terabyte drives?
0: Not as many as it used to be. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, I have a two terabyte um, SSD on my on my computer mm-hmm. now. But yeah, it, it it's, it's not the most common thing. And part of it is because people are storing more things in the cloud and not yep. syncing them. And that's one of the things why Dropbox Selective Sync is so good, because I could have these files in Dropbox and not residing on my small SSD and not have to worry about it as much.
2: Well, and there's the additional thing with Dropbox. You can say, I want to have all of them available, but it's when I click on them that brings it down. Or you can have selective sync, in which case you don't even see that that other file or folder exists. It doesn't even show up. Right. So that's kind of nice, too. It just streamlines Mm -hmm. what you need.
1: Mm -hmm. I love the on-demand downloading because, you know, like so many of my pictures and stuff, I do the same thing you do, Dom, where it's both Google and Dropbox. Both of them, the phone updates both of them at the same time. And it is nice when I want to look at a picture in Dropbox. I just, okay, oh, it hasn't downloaded yet. Click on it, wait about 5, 10 seconds. There it is.
0: Exactly, exactly. Uh, Yeah, I think we, we, we glanced at that one, but Dropbox has some features where it will do automatic Backing up your your photos from your phone to a folder mm-hmm. that doesn't count against your storage. That I think yes, they used does. To, okay. It used to Dropbox be that Dropbox does okay. Dropbox does. I remember them saying it did didn't count against your storage early on, but I think they've well, changed that since then.
2: In the very beginning, if you told it you wanted to back up your photos, you it increased your your free storage. You know, like, oh, yeah. you, know, you would get That's an extra right. gigabyte of free storage if you said, back up my photos. So right. in a sense, it was free. Oh, uh, OK. Uh, but yeah, okay. they stopped doing that.
0: So we I, I should mention a couple other options that have come up when we talked about this uh, with our uh, other panelists. And uh, some folks mentioned, uh, you know, you could use things like uh, Amazon AWS, the Amazon's cloud, uh, or Wasabi, which is a... It's like Amazon AWS, but it's less expensive. Both are kind of complicated to set up and use. I wouldn't recommend them as personal cloud storage, frankly, unless you are a geek Hecky. like like we are, like the folks yeah. on our panel. Uh, so then, uh, with these, you you pay for storage, but it's a pittance. It's like you know, it, real you, cheap. you get terabytes and terabytes for for much less a month, uh, and you you. With AWS, you do pay for bandwidth, but with Wasabi, you don't. Like for downloads, you pay for downloads. Uh, for with AWS, so really? um, it, it's complicated, and you need specialized software to you to do to work with it. So, not not right. highly recommended. Speaking of software, there's a couple of software tools I want to mention. Uh, one is called Arc A R Q at A R Q Backup com. Um. So it's either $50 purchase outright or 60 bucks a year. And with the subscription, it gets it, – it includes – you can put it on five computers and you get a terabyte of storage. Uh, and it's really cut more of a backup solution than it is a cloud storage solution. But it literally works with every cloud storage uh, uh, situation out there, every service, uh, AWS and Wasabi and – um backblaze b2 but also dropbox google and it will store stuff everywhere and it will do the work for you of storing the things to fill it fills up this one and then it fills up that one and it fills up that one i mean it's magical software it's kind of amazing when you when you look at it um i didn't realize that it was going to all the other services and doing your work for you
2: i just thought it was a separate a separate backup system or a separate storage
0: yeah It'll, that's cool. As as far as I remember, it uh, the way it worked is that it distributed the backup across whatever storage that you had available. Uh, that no. may have changed because I can imagine the various uh, cloud Complexity. storage folks would not want you to do that. But uh, but right. uh, that's the way that's the way it, it had done in the past.
1: Well, I wonder if you can say, too, I want, you know, five gigabytes on my Dropbox and I want 10 gigabytes on my Google and the rest to go to AWS or whatever. And, you know, yeah, I can, I'm, I'm, right. I'm
2: sure that's that would sounds like a, that would be its purpose is to, to divvy yeah. it up the way you want. Yeah, and that,
1: that's this is actually a good time to kind of mention is a, one great use for all these cloud storages is, is backup, you know, that. Yes. And because, no. yeah, it, it, well, because you should have more than one backup. Yes, you shouldn't just right. rely it's on your backup. local backup. You need it's an offsite backup. backup. Yeah, you know, if I was were... an offsite backup, if you're if you're yeah. really taking a serious backup strategy, you'll have the little you know external drive that you plug in and do a backup and you throw it in your box for later, and you have an offsite one. And Google, uh, cloud storage is awesome for that.
0: I I would I would caveat that with the like a Dropbox folder is. If you're using it as a live storage, it's not really a backup. It's just it's synchronized a, storage. It's synchronized storage no,
1: because if no, you, no, I'm I'm t- I'm talking a backup, yeah. an actual put everything there and don't touch it.
0: Okay, all right, all right. Yeah, that's that's an important distinction to to make that makes sure folks understand. Like you could put things there and not touch them, and then that would be pretty safe if anything happens to your local drive. But it's mm. not the the live files that you're working with there are not are not safe because you're messing with them in real time. So that and you can yeah. easily mess them up, <laughs> Yeah,
2: which is why it's good to have versioning on there. So you can go back to the previous version and Dropbox and uh OneDrive. And I'm not sure about Google Drive, how it handles. Yeah, that's right. They do. I did look that up. They do have a, a versioning mm. for a certain amount of time.
0: Okay. And then um the other software I want to mention, I don't have any, Um, personal experience with it, but it's called Maestral. It's it's new. I've just heard about it. Um, it's an alternative Dropbox client for macOS and Linux. It's open source, and one of the benefits of it is a it's very lightweight, so it doesn't have a heavy resource footprint on your computer. But b, it gets you around the device limit. It counts as Mm. one device against your three possible in the free tier, no matter Ah. how many places it's installed, because it sees it as one device. So, nice. and you can do command line stuff like that, but that's really geeky. One last one. Um, if you have a network attack storage, like a Synology, which I have, they have their own cloud storage uh, system called Synology Drive. So the, the, but it doesn't exist in the cloud. It exists in your, your device that is usually probably sitting about three feet to your Right, like it is mine, (laughs) and so if anything happens to your house or your office, it will happen to that. Okay, so that's not offsite backup. However, it's secure. So if you have a situation where you need to make sure, like if you're a lawyer or a doctor, uh, this is under this. The data is under your control, but you can still use it like you could Dropbox. There, they have uh, apps for the desktop and for mobile, and you can access just like you can with. Dropbox or Google Drive or or what have you, the files that are on it. And even better is it will sync to some of the services like Dropbox and sync Dropbox into it so that Mm -hmm. it will act as a Dropbox client. And so therefore, again, getting around that three device limit, if you have that three device limit. So I actually back up my Dropbox folder to my NAS through through, uh, Synology Drive, uh, just as another backup, because... Why not? <laughs> so,
2: no, we had another NAS storage at uh, several of my clients, and they actually is the same thing, you know, where it was local, etc. But they actually had a client that would run under the Linux shell. I think it was called Elephant mm-hmm. that basically would then take that and back all that up to a cloud storage, like I right. and iDrive had a client for that. And, you know, there were a couple of other. Yeah. Real backup services that could back up your NAS in the cloud.
0: Yeah, I actually mm-hmm. back up my nass to uh Amazon's Glacier Storage. Uh that's uh constant it constantly real time backup all the time of uh, moving stuff into it. Uh, but yes, that that's a little yeah. You can do that too. You can back up and they have uh Synology also has something called hyper backup, which you can back up between drives. So if you have separate NASs in different locations and that sort of thing. That's a little more advanced, but uh yeah, that's that's possible too.
1: Now, now, are you really backing up if you're not using a tape? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> when I, when I was tapes. before I entered the seminary. I was working, you know, as a server admin, Unix server administrator. And we literally had tapes that we'd flip out. You know, these were the daily oh, yeah. tapes. These oh, were the yeah. weekly tapes. I had, and
2: I did the same thing the with same the, all the years I worked for the for the health department. Yeah, I was
1: I was rather proud. Depending on what the file when the file was la- was first backed up, I could recover up to like four months ago. Because oh, we right. would have five weekly tapes. Well, the fifth tape wouldn't get always used.
2: <laughs> well, a couple of years ago, I looked at long term retention, saying, you know, all this data that we've gotten, how are we backing it up? What is the longest term that that storage is still good? Mm-hmm. And mag tape was still the longest. Really? really? Wow. Yeah. If if you were using the high quality certified yeah. tapes, that yep. that was the longest storage. But even there, we would take those and back them up again. You know, every so many years, we you know, mm-hmm. yep. so so many cycles, we would take well, that one and back it up.
1: So yeah. Yeah. People people think oh, CDRs will last forever. No, they nope. only have about a no, ten year shelf life. They
2: deteriorate really badly.
1: You know, but. But then again, I've pulled uh, old five-and-a-quarter floppy disks for my Commodore 64 that are 40-plus years old, and they work great. No, I've <laughs> seen
2: floppies that deteriorate, well, I've seen
1: floppies deteriorate in a year so, I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah it depends. But I, it's, just, it's just funny, though, that that old yeah, that of a media funny, yeah. still works.
2: Yeah, and the other thing that, uh, mag, I mean, the hard drives. I've had people that would copy a hard drive, sit it on a shelf, come back, you know, five years later and it's no longer accessible. Mm-hmm. Mm. And there are some theories about uh hard drives maybe demagnetizing over time.
0: Yeah. Mm. I've heard that. Yeah, you just can't rely on a, like you, you, or you just have to like spin it up every once in a while. Like Right,
2: yeah, that yeah. was the other solution is if you spin it up once in a while and even if you're not writing on it, it will keep it uh refreshed. But yeah, yeah. I had several clients that mm-hmm. thought they had backed up everything on, on, you know, and set it on mm-hmm. a shelf, and it wasn't any good anymore.
0: It may turn out that cloud storage is the longest term storage possible because it's de-
2: decentralized.
0: Yep, yeah. and it's yep. they're constantly replacing their their drives and their storage and all right. that sort of stuff It's not in one place. Uh, I, as I always say, it's if it if a file doesn't exist in three independent places, it doesn't exist. <laughs> so, hmm. good backups in multiple places. It's just places. a temporary thing. <laughs> yes, it's yeah. it's like Schrodinger's cat. It's just, it's not, neither alive nor dead. All right. That's good. Let's move on to our next segment. But first, I want to take a moment to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create Secrets of Technology, including Melissa K, AJ, Jenny N, Matt and Yolanda C, and Sean F. Their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue the Secrets of Technology and all the shows at StarQuest. You can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. So our first headline is uh, an interesting story that came from Slashdot, uh, which uh, says, what happened at the hearing for New Hampshire's free software law? So in New Hampshire, they've had a few bills. New Hampshire is the live live free or die state. It's a very mm-hmm. famously libertarian sort of state. And so some of the legislatures have, legislators have proposed some technology-related laws about technology and government. And one of them is that uh, proposes that the state should only use open source software or free software uh, as much as possible in replace. Right. like this one, he wanted a study to about replacing all proprietary software used by state agencies with free software. And then there's some interesting back and forth in the discussion. I just want to get your take on this, this idea, because the the IT guys at the state were like, yeah, that's a nice idea. But a, you know, the federal government requires uh, software to have certain abilities, and not, you know, there's not, It's not that like, that free software exists for everything, uh, but mm-hmm. what do you think of this this uh, this debate here and and what you saw in this uh, article,
2: Pat? You have. Exp- Okay. Oh well, I was going to say I, I worked for an agency that that was a topic at one point. Oh okay, you know. Oh, let's not do uh, <laughs> Microsoft Office. Let's do Open Office, or let's do the the problem would come down to though where you had applications that are very specific. And have to to uh, deal with certain laws, and we saw that with when we decided some people decided to go out and get a personnel or a human resources system or something like that, we found that there were state laws that they couldn't provide what needed to be provided. Mm-hmm. So you, we were back to vertical software, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, and then the old it is true that with open software or uh, open source. The code is available so people can make sure that it's, you know, up to date and safe and all these, uh, you know, no malware in there because everybody's got access to the source. But on the other hand, then you don't have one company responsible for fixing it Mm -hmm. or uh, to to maintain it or to add features that needed to be added. You were out of luck.
1: Right, right. How about you, Father Corey? Well I'm very much an advocate of, of open source free 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 software um because you know like like you said bad it it's it's open it's available people can download and use it and, and I I think there are a lot of cases in many of these government agencies where they could find use for some open for source some. software you know you know most most I would venture that most people in most governments who use Microsoft Office are like most people in most corporations who use microsoft office they don 't need ninety nine point nine 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 percent of what Microsoft Office provides because what was the study it wasn 't even that long ago there was a study where it was something like no one people don 't use like ninety eight percent of what Microsoft Office can can do right they use it to write up letters they use it to you know do spreadsheets simple spreadsheets so on and open source works great for that, but like you said Pat, there are going to be times. When a certain thing needs to be done a certain way, and you, you do have the issue of, okay, if, if New Hampshire goes to OpenOffice LibreOffice, now it's, it's more commonly known as and you've got uh, every other state is using Microsoft Office, you are going to have compatibility issues. You are going to have you know concerns about formatting
2: fewer than it used to, because you know fewer, for fewer issues oh, yeah. than it used to be, because now I mean, the, both of them will will read and write Microsoft Word files easily. Yeah, it's just that when you get a really complicated document, it may not fonts may not be the
1: same, et cetera. Yeah, right. Yeah. So it's it's there There are concerns. And like you said, there there are going to be times when, well, we could use this software, but it doesn't support this law we just passed. And oh, by the way, you know, we can't afford the programmers to actually go on and put that in. So now we've got to use this other software that does. So I, I'm all for it. And, and frankly, I, I. I'm all for saying if if you can use free software open source software do it. And I yeah. would venture to that the state is using open source software because everybody's using open source software. Right. We're using open source software right now, you just might not realize it. Yeah,
0: right. Well, and the the I I like the the other bill that was proposed the, by one of the the uh the, the legislators which is State agencies must use open source software when it is the most effective software solution. That's a good way mm-hmm. to put it. Yes. Yeah. So because yep. there is a tendency, I think sometimes in some, some quarters, that to think that if if we have to pay millions of dollars for this, it's better. <laughs> like if hmm. I have to go out and spend yeah. a lot of money on this, that must make it better a better solution. That is not always true. <laughs> so... Uh, you know, you you want your IT director and his and his people who work for him to be open minded about such things and to be willing to be, go for the most effective. And frankly, part of it is you know to dealing with corruption in government and people you know giving contracts to favored developers and that sort of thing. And we, I, you know, you always hear these stories about. Oh, the uh, the mass transit authority has a new uh, ticketing system that they spent thirty five million dollars on over the last two years. And it doesn't work. You know, it's like, "Ah!" (laughs) you know, it's like I'm not sure there's there's an open source ticketing system that would have worked. But but you you just that's the sort of thing we hear about and we want to avoid.
1: And there, there are companies out there that do develop open source software. Yeah. Red Hat is probably the most well known, but there's others as well. So they are out there and they are available. It's just, uh, you know, finding them. Are they willing to do the project that you're presenting to them and so on? Um, but, but there still is the kind of the mindset. And Pat, you probably remember this phrase. Nobody ever got fired for buying IBM.
0: Yo, yeah,
2: no, I wasn't. I really, I mean, I've heard that one, that's, but I've that's, that's, never that part was an of old our, computer
1: yeah. phrase. That was an old. I mean, back yeah. when IBM was the mainframe masters, no one ever got fired for buying IBM. Well, I think today you could say no one ever got fired for buying Microsoft.
2: <laughs> right. Well, that's and that is you know that was one of the big things about our agency was the medical uh, oriented place. Word Perfect was the office of choice for so many years, oh. and mm-hmm. somebody came in and top top agency and said, "Nope, we're doing Word." And yep, yep. it was not a better product.
0: No, you no. know,
2: and so yeah, that that happens too.
0: <laughs> so uh, our next headline, Pat, I, I save this one for you. Uh oh. Cows use VR Google's tricking them into thinking it's summer to reduce stress, anxiety, and produce more milk.
2: So I would hate to to uh, to spend that much on VR for a cow. <laughs> exactly.
1: I, I don't know. I'm I'm trying to figure out. Does it work for humans too? Because we we could use it, right, Tom? Yes. Well, yes.
2: actually, there are cases where they're using it in in medical situations, in dental situations, and things like that to reduce stress for for patients.
0: And so, what this is a, a experiment this uh, cattle farmer in Turkey did, where he fitted his cows with VR goggles. Uh, that were showing them images of summertime and green pastures, and that <laughs> that got them to be be happier and to produce more milk in the winter. So they, uh, he said, uh, they went. They increased milk production from twenty two liters to twenty seven liters a day. Um, wow! So and reduced their stress and anxiety, which makes them healthier. Uh, you know, animal uh, stressed animals are tend to get sick more often. They need a good exercise program for them, though. Yes, they do. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I do wonder, though, um, actually, I I think just kind of top of my head in Turkey, it might be more practical because the the weather extremes in Turkey aren't quite as bad as they are, say, Montana. Yeah. Yeah. And I can see it actually being a problem here because if the cows think it's summer, they're not going to go try to find shelter when the storm moves. (laughs) Yeah,
0: exactly. Right. By the way, Pat, the exercise program for the cows is called Beef Saber. (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh. 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 oh, nice! <laughs> like
0: that yes. da- Dad joke Dad applied. joke of the day Yes Very nice <laughs> Oh man All right Let's move on to our Picks of the week uh, Pat Why don't you go first With your pick of the week
2: Well I looked to see Whether you had ever Mentioned this one before In the picks of the week And I didn't see where you had So I'm going to steal your idea That you gave me at one point <laughs> There is an app called Do D-U-E Yep and in another way to say it's a to-do app, but it's for pretty pretty much Apple-centric, uh, iOS and Mac OS. But it is the best app I have ever found for being able to put things in that I really need to be reminded of. And I don't want it to just beep once. I want it to nag me. Yeah. So I am careful about uh, using it for only those things that I really want to be nagged for because it will. And uh, it's easy to use. It's easy to set up. Uh, you know, I can I can even use voice commands to while I'm in there to to add it. You know, when I'm on the go, I, rather than having to type it. But uh, it's it's just been a really helpful app for me. And it is paid, but I think it's only I think it's only eight dollars for yeah. it.
0: Yep, best eight bucks I spent on a on an app to nag me. But you're <laughs> you're right. It is. It is best when you ha- you restrict which uh, t- when you restrict the, the reminders to the most essential ones, like medicine. I have one for to nag me about uh, taking my medicine uh, every night, uh, you know, after dinner, and uh, it goes off and and I you can you can tell how often to nag you, but mine nags me again every five minutes until I do it. <laughs> it's a it's a great app for that. Yeah, I really.
2: Yeah, my big one is making sure I've gotten the compost and the garbage out. And I always forget. And so it'll pop up and I'll say, yeah, I'll do that in a minute. And yes. I forget. And then pretty soon it pops up and tells me you really need to get up. To the yeah. <laughs> yep, it yep. doesn't yep. quite say it that way, but yes.
0: Yes. Trash and recycling. There's a few, I got a handful of things that I wanted to remind me to do. Uh, some once a week, some once a day. And it, yeah, it's perfect for that sort of thing. It is a well, great and
2: app. what? What I found, too, is, you know, people often will come up with a prayer request, Mm. you know, and Mm. so I will throw real quickly, I'll throw it on the prayer request in if it's just a one time thing, it'll pop up. And and then when I've actually, you know, looked at it, responded to it, then it'll go away. But I've set up a few recurring ones on that. And uh it, yeah. it just helps me remember the people that i've said sure i'll pray for you and then i forget
0: yeah <laughs> this is yeah especially great for those of us who are at a point in life where we're forgetting more often than we should awesome very good pick and uh, father Corey, what's your pick
1: so i've i've talked before about Chromecast again you know i'm i'm very much in the google android world and I use Chromecast all the time, you know, sitting watching something on YouTube and hit the but- the cast button, throw it up to my TV. And I've got a smart TV uh, that I would use. But I, it, it's getting kind of slow and clunky. You know, they keep adding stuff to it. And so it's slowing down. And And so for with some of my Christmas money, I got the Chromecast with Google TV. Hmm. And this Hmm. is the little little dongle that goes behind your TV. You know, of course, the original Chromecast was little hockey puck that you plugged in back your TV. Well, this is just a little bit bigger hockey puck that still hooks behind your TV. And, you know, I would I'm going to say that it is the Google version of Apple TV only in so far as Apple TV is the smart TV version for Apple. And this is the Google version of a smart TV. Right. You know, it's. um. Very similar to like an Apple TV or Tipple Smart, Smart TV. It runs Android TV, so it is running Android. It works great with Android. Um, but instead of like the original Chromecast where you had to use a phone or something to send it, this has a remote control and you are picking apps, Android apps, oh.
2: that it shows
1: on the TV. It's got the Google Assistant, so you can pick it up and say, you hold down the button and say, Start Plex or show the Mandalorian on Disney plus or whatever, you know, run this app and it does a really good job of, um, of, uh, streaming all these services. It does 4k. It does, uh, but it handles all the streaming services you can think of it, you know, and it's it, like I said, I mentioned Plex cause I've got a Plex server. It's got a Plex app. That's wonderful. It, you know, it's works really well. Well, it does everything I've, um, uh, I've thrown at it so far in the best and kind of the cool part about it. So like I said, it's got an actual remote control with smart, with a uh, programmable features. So you, the power button is programmed to turn on and off your TV. Volume controls can be programmed for your uh, AV bar or your AV receiver. Oh, so you just leave it on that that channel on that input, and you can do everything from the remote. It, it's it really is you know like I said, if you're familiar with a smart TV, you're familiar with with uh, Apple TV, you you can use one of these, and it's right. it's really simple to use. I really enjoy it.
0: So Chromecast is the hardware. Google TV is the smart TV interface operating system. Operating system.
1: The operating system. Oh, okay. Yeah. So Chromecast is kind of their name for all of it because Chromecast is also what they call it when you cast from a an Android device to. Gotcha. Gotcha.
0: Awesome. Nice. Uh, Your very first pick of the week, by the way, all back, all the way back in episode number one was the Google Cast and Chromecast. So
1: nice. Nice. nice.
0: Excellent. Well, I've
1: upgraded. So
0: yeah, yeah, no, it's been, it's been several years, so it's time to upgrade. Awesome. So uh, my pick of the week is an iOS app called Taylor, T-A-I-L-O-R, like, you know, the guy who does, so your your clothes and the sewing bit is what's involved here it does automatic screenshot stitching so like if you've ever had a uh, you wanted to take a screenshot on your phone and but but it what you want to capture is longer than the, the length of the of your screen you know what i mean you mm-hmm. can what this will do is, is you take screenshots just using the regular screenshot features where you hold down a couple buttons and it uh snaps the screenshot you you've done it a million times accidentally so the, <laughs> you'll figure it out, and then all those go into your camera roll. Then you open up Taylor, and it automatically recognizes that you've done a series of screenshots of the same screen. It has to overlap a little so that it can recognize it, and it will stitch it together for you, which is awesome. Nice. So it's a really easy way to, if you ever had like I, I need to get this whole web page, or I have uh, you know uh, Apple Maps right, or a receipt <laughs> right, and you, and mm-hmm. it's bigger than the one length of your screen, you can screenshot it in several steps and it will automatically stitch it together for you. So you could do like, sometimes you want to save like a, a messages thread that you've had. Say you've had a loved one who passed away and you want to save that. Don't ever want to lose it. You can screenshot it in steps and it will automatically stitch it together for you and you've got that for for posterity to, to save. So mm-hmm. Taylor, uh, it is free to download i think there is an in-app purchase that that is available but uh, you can do the basic uh, steps for free uh what was the in-app purchase i'm just looking at the uh, website now to remove ads is three bucks so if you don't uh-huh. mind ads it's for free very good all right so uh that does it for us we would love to hear from you your feedback on our discussion we'd love to hear what if uh if there are uh uh, personal cloud storage services i try to get it out that you use that we didn't talk about or if you have experiences with the ones we did talk about that you'd like to add to what we said we'd love to hear from you you can comment on the show at sqpn.com technology or the sqpn facebook page at facebook.com starquest media or send an email to technology at sqpn.com you'll find links from our discussion and our picks of the week in our show notes at sqpn.com And be sure to join the StarQuest fan club by texting StarQuest, one word, to 66866. That's StarQuest to 66866. Until next time, Father Cory Stika, thank you for joining me and sharing the secrets of technology. Thanks, Dom. Pat Scott, thank you as well. Glad to be here. Thank you. And once again, I'm Dom Bettinelli. Thank you for listening to the secrets of technology on StarQuest.